Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. I am so thankful to be here this morning with each of you. Thank you for praying for me. Um, I am still feeling a little bit weak, so if I'm not my normal self, uh, you know why. I wanted to encourage us this morning as we hear God's word, that today we'd be strengthened. What an irony for someone like me who's feeling very weak right now. I need to be strengthened. You need to be strengthened in the Lord. We need to be strengthened together. Amen? So the best way to be strengthened in the Lord is to open up the scriptures. And so could you open up your Bible with me? And the passage is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 to 11. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 to 11. And I'd like you to hold your finger in the page if you have your helicopter or just have it on your phone ready. I'd like to set it up for us to remind us what this whole book is about. It's actually a letter written by Paul after he got a report from Timothy about the church in Thessalonica. Oh, this was a church. It was a role model church. It was a church on fire for God. Paul was so inspired. He wanted to encourage them, build them up, because he had experienced firsthand the hostile environment that they had lived in. There was fierce persecution in the church. Oh, you could be ostracized from society. You could lose your job. You could be um, disowned by your family. But here the Christians... They were on fire for the Lord, doing acts of service, of faith. And their faith spread through Macedonia and Achaia. Oh, Paul was so encouraged. He said, you keep going, you keep pressing on. Just like Paul and Silas, like two of us, you press on. You don't chase after the materialistic things of the world. No, you chase after the master, God, Jesus. That's what they were doing. He said, beware, there is spiritual warfare. And he pointed out the idea of love, the area of love. There are two types of love. There's the lustful love, which leads to sexual immorality. Or there's a love at the pursuit of God. To love God with all their heart, soul, and mind. To love their neighbor as themselves. And to even love their enemy. To be able to, in the church, build a brotherly and sisterly love and to point each other to the Father who we just sang about just now, the good, good, holy, righteous Father. Paul says, as you hold on to the faith, you must be reminded to press on because he's coming again soon. King Jesus is coming again. His coming again is inevitable. And he will come in judgment. And he will come in to bring the believers together. He would judge all people. He would separate the sheep from the goats. Those who believe in him will be with him in eternity. He says, hold on to that identity. And he calls out to us today as a Christian, hold on to the identity of being the children of the light. Do not live in darkness. You stay awake spiritually, sober, not drunk. Keep that identity. 
And that's where we lead to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 and 11. It reads this, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. If you're in the habit of underlining your Bible that you have with you, underline that word there for God has not destined us for wrath. Those who believe in him, we shall not perish and have everlasting life. This is the grace of God. Paul goes on to say whether we are awake. In other words, whether we are alive on this side of eternity or asleep. That means we have died a physical death, but we're just spiritually asleep. We might live with him. We are destined for eternal life for those who embrace the faith, who believe that Jesus had died for us. It says that there's salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. In other words, do not take this grace for granted. This is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Do not let him die in vain. No, you live for the King on this side of eternity. You embrace the holiness. You pursue holiness. You embrace your righteousness. You pursue after God's righteousness. For there is warfare and it's written in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. He says that you must put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. For the battle we fight is not of flesh and blood, but it is of the spiritual realm. We are engaged in spiritual warfare. Stay alert. But this is hard. We know in our human capacity, this is difficult. That's why Paul goes on to say that therefore... Encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Encourage, build. That's what the church is for. It is not to put down, it's not to tear up, it's to affirm as we have seen these wonderful young ladies sing. It is to bring encouragement to our lives. Therefore, as we wait, we build. For on this side of eternity, as a church, we need to build each other up. Why? Why do we need to build each other up? Let's start, first of all, in the scriptures there. Number one, when Paul wrote, therefore, build one another up, encourage one another, these two verbs there are written in the imperative. In other words, it's a command. It's not an option. It's not to walk into church and go, oh, maybe today I'll encourage. Next week I don't feel like it, so I won't. It's actually a command. And it's not just written as an imperative. It's written as a present, ongoing imperative. That is why when it's written in the script, it says, just as you are doing, encourage. In other words, another way of writing it, if I was to paraphrase it, is right as you're doing right now, and you've got to keep doing it, it's a must you must encourage one another. You must build one another up when you gather, when you see each other, when you're on the WhatsApp with each other, when during the week you've got to send an encouragement because 
We need each other. And we need the Lord to strengthen us in our resolve to be children of the light, to stand up for our faith in a hostile world where people will tear us down because we love Jesus. See, sometimes life circumstances eat up inside of us. We can get discouraged easily. You don't have to be just a Christian to be discouraged. Just being human, you can be discouraged. You can walk into work tomorrow and be completely discouraged because things aren't going well. Maybe in your team, you can't meet your deadlines. Maybe your person in your team is not pulling up his socks and doing the work that he's required, or maybe you're struggling in that area. Or maybe like me, you're having health challenges right now. You feel very weak and drained. Maybe things aren't going your way at home with your own parents or your housemate or your children or your neighbors. Life can eat up into us very quickly and discourage us. And you know what's the very, very interesting thing about this is why we need to build each other? Because in the context of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 is there is warfare. You see, Satan wants to leave us trapped in sin. When we're discouraged in life, it's very easy for us to try to self-medicate in that sense. Turn to other means to get distracted, to escape the stresses and strains of life. And we turn not to Jesus, but we turn to the things of the world. And we can get very easily trapped in sin. And you know what? The devil loves it. He has a field day when that happens. Oh, he loves it when someone tears us down at work for our faith, and then we join in. Because we are not strong enough to stand up for our faith. That's exactly what Satan wants to do. He wants to break up the relationships in church. He wants to destroy the church. You know why? Because the devil knows that the church is the powerhouse of faith. It is meant to stand for righteousness and holiness in a hostile world. It's meant to come in the name of Jesus and proclaim victory. It is to proclaim freedom for the captives. It is proclaim a life that is meant to flourish in our world. There is so much hostility in our world. If you take one, is identity politics. If you don't know what that means, it's when we fight over our gender identity. It's when we fight over our color identity. It's when we fight over our, our status identity. And when we fight over these things, it can easily creep into the church and it can easily tear us apart. It can, we can be easily misunderstood when we're not founding ourselves on the very word of God. When we're not empowered by the spirit of God. And it can tear us apart from this world where we're called to be salt and light in the world. And when we put down people and we don't build them up, the church becomes fragmented, and we can be very easily destroyed. That is why we need to be built up in the Lord. We need to point one another in the Lord and remain strong in Him as the body of Christ, as the collective believers of Jesus. Therefore, what does building up each other look like? Well, number one, very easy, 
Let's start with the basic words or even actions of affirmation. And it was like this morning at Father's Day, we see these young ladies come up here and give words of affirmation. Many of us here, we have fathers. Some of them are passed on. Some of them are alive. I remember when I was young, I went to my grandfather's grave and I spoke words of affirmation. You know why? He's dead. But I still desire to honor him. It's not a spiritual, superstitious belief. It is my heart learning how to honor someone who's left a legacy for my life. My earthly father's still alive. It's not just sending me a text on Father's Day. It's sending me a text every now and then. How are you, Dad? Thanks for being for me there, Dad. And sometimes as a father, I must learn to affirm my son because often I don't affirm him. I nag at him. I could get him up here right now and he could share with you all the things I nag at him about. <laughs> and I must learn how to affirm. And that goes with the church. A very basic thing, when we walk in through the door and there's the SST in their wonderful turquoise hot, very hot t-shirt, huh? we all know. Standing there saying good morning. The best way to affirm is say good morning back. We drop our kids off for the children's ministry and we see the DMK. We say thank you for taking our kids this morning. Thank you for discipling them. And the DMK learning how to reciprocate. Thank you for bringing them this morning. It's a simple culture that we want to build in our church. We start with the basics. When I was a young person studying at university, I first year, first semester, I took up economics for some odd reason. And when I did it, I couldn't understand what was going on. I saw bell curves, I saw numbers, I couldn't understand it. And uh, I did psychology and, and all that. I got straight A's for all my subjects, except for one outstanding F. F for fabulous, no, F for failure, which is economics. And that time I was studying in Ballarat, which is a country town, I had to ring my parents who lived in Melbourne. And yet in those days, believe it or not, you had to call collect. Do you remember that? Those of you who remember collect, you dial, you drop money into the thing, and it says, who would you like to collect your call to? I said, you know, Stephen Lowe. He has to pick up the phone, and then you drop another 20-cent coin inside the box, and then you call again. So it was a precious phone call, and I said, Dad, I'm so sorry. I said, what are you sorry for? I said, oh, look, I got straight A's. Okay, great. Except for one subject called economics, I got an F. And I started tearing. I said, I failed you. Dad, I failed you in my economics. I went on about it, you know, that kind of thing. He said, son, listen to me. I don't care whether you get A's, B's, C's, or D's. I think, oh, thank God. <laughs> but he kept going. He says, I don't care what you graduate with. I don't care what you become as long as you love the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the biggest word of affirmation I've ever received. You know why? It wasn't about the academics. It was about the cost, the journey that I was to live. He affirmed me in the journey I had to live, which was to love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, with all my strength, with all my mind. 
And it directed my path, funny enough, in the things that I would do at university. Because even though I was scoring top marks at university, it wasn't about that. It was about honoring God when I was outside of class. So when my friends went drinking, getting drunk, and sleeping around, I stayed home, not just to study, but to pray and intercede. For housemates that would get drunk, that would look at pornographic images. And here I was struggling through all that. And yet one day my housemate came to me and says, hey, could you tell me about this Jesus that you worship? Did I make fun of you? You tell me. All based on a word of affirmation. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, strong strength. And so therefore when we encourage, what does it look like? It's not just encouraging how you're doing. Oh, you look good today. Oh, you smell good. Oh, you dress well. You look sharp. You sing well. You preach well. No, it's how you're doing in your walk. It's building one another up to pursue holiness and righteousness. I remember when I was at university, they had a mentor. His name was Bill Sutcliffe. Bill had one eye, and the other eye was torn out by his father, was drunk. He was involved in prison fellowship. And he'd come up to me and says, how are you doing, Matt? How's your day? How's your week? And then we asked the oddest question. He says, hey, has anyone challenged you in your faith this week? In other words, in Singapore translation, anyone disturbed you in your faith or not? That kind of thing. You know, really ask you those kind of focused questions. How's your walk with the Lord? And I used to mumble through the answers initially until I saw another brother in Christ say that, hey, I've been really struggling in the area of lust. This is on church, Sunday morning, everyone dressed well, but underneath there's that struggle. So I had to learn that vocabulary. Hey, yeah, I've kind of struggled with lust this week. Oh, yeah, I've struggled with materialism. Oh, look, I've struggled with my anger. And I remember one day telling him, you know what, I really struggle with hatred. Cannot stand people who like the smoke in the, you know, when you go to university, people smoke outdoors, and they come, deliberately blow their cigarette smoke right in your path. Wow, oh, I tell you, I want to take the cigarette and just onto their forehead, you know, that kind of thing. You know. Stop it, you know. So I really struggle with this. And it says, you know what God struggles with, Bill said? He doesn't struggle with the smoke in your face. He struggles with the attitude of you putting that cigarette butt Run that guy's forehead. Your heart must struggle with this. That's called building up. That's called strengthening. That's called coming back to the Lord and encouraging me. You know, this just this week, just this week, and it's happening now, Covenant East youth are having a camp at ACK. I was there yesterday. They were having pizza. And it's great to see them bonding together. I'm so grateful for the team of DMKs and Tristan and the team just coming together, spending time, just building relationship. First day, quiet as a mouse, but they start to open up and they begin to share and they begin to learn how to just learn how to just say, uh, pray for my friend in Jesus' name, amen. Big deal. Big step. It's almost like, you know, Neil Armstrong, <laughs> Right? One small step for man, but one giant leap for mankind. It's great when we gather to build one another up, build trust, so that when we gather in our CGs, we build one another up. Not just in, oh, yeah, I'm very tired this week. Like, oh, my boss, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm the boss of my employees. I'm very tired. 
It's building one another in faith because we've got to remember there's something much larger at stake. It's the kingdom of God and his righteousness that we stand for as a church. What does building up look like? It's also about praying across generations. The picture that's up there on your right top there was taken in September 2019, just before COVID, at the IDMC. It's a picture of the tech room from the three centers, worship team from both the adults and the youth coming together to pray. See, outside at the main hall at IDMC, we're all just listening to what's going on, right? But backstage, there's no aircon. It's a pretty difficult environment because you can't sit down. But here we were, about 100 people gathered around praying across generations. And I remember that day so, it's edged so closely in my mind because there were so many tears. It wasn't about, oh, help the youth to worship very well. Oh, help the tech crew to serve very well. No, it was about building one another up. It was about fighting the faith together. It was about being the church together. And I remember young people coming up to me saying that, wow, I've never been so encouraged in my life. And an older man coming up to me in the tech road says, I've never been so encouraged in my life. Built up in faith. Why do we do all these things? Because you see, as a church, there's an entire world out there that needs to know Jesus. One of the things that the staff team have been involved in for the last two years during whole COVID we get on Zoom, once a month, I'll bring up all the names of people in CGs. We'll put them on the screen, and we begin to pray for each name one by one. We're praying for you one by one. That's what we do. And then in the recent months, as we gather at Exeter for our meetings, we gather for prayer once a month, and then we go out into the community and we begin to prayer walk. As we prayer walk, I taught the staff, you've got to do this. You got to not just pray and kind of well, try to sense, hmm, this is what's happening in this community. I want you to go talk to people. So they will nervously go up to someone and begin to have a conversation with someone. As we talk to residents there, we begin to share with them, encourage them, and even get to pray for them. I even had the opportunity to go out with our East intercessors, so grateful for this, one Saturday morning. We gathered, we prayed, we went out, we were prayer walking, we would go to the residents and we would talk to them. And there was one man that I invited here to church. I remember he grasped my hand, he teared, and he said, thank you. You see, as we learn the culture of building one another up here in the church, we bring that into a world to reach the least, the lost, and the last. You see, you and I, we need to be strengthened in our faith. None of us here can claim that we have it all together. I'm not just talking about the physical state. I'm talking about our spiritual state. And it begins in prayer on our knees. It begins with a resolve to say, we must be the church. We must get our act together. We must be hungry spiritually. Because the Lord is coming again soon. He is regathering back the church after two years of COVID. We need to be rebuilt. Come Friday, the 1st of July, 
Do not come for a program. Do not come for a service. Do not come just for hype. Do not come just for prayer or praise. Come as the church. Come to lay hold of the Lord, what he's saying to us. Come and begin to say, God, I need you. I am desperate for you. We as a collective need to get hungry for you again. To the point that when we're walking on the street, or when we're in the MRT, we're in a crowded MRT, or in a crowded highway on the PIE or the CTE, and when we're waiting there in our car or on the train, or walking on the street, we can see lost souls that need to be one for Jesus. Our hearts are burning with passion for the lost. When we're at home alone and we're attempted to watch Netflix for the 15th time, we'll say, hey, I need to get into the Scriptures. I need to get hungry for the Word of God. I needed to nurture my soul. I need to be strengthened in my heart and in my resolve. When I come for CG, it's not just a time of fellowship or food or gathering or fun. These are important. But it's a time of faith building, asking the question to my CG friend. How's your walk? Were you challenging your faith this week? How can I pray for you so you are strengthening your resolve to follow the Lord? And something needs to spark us off as a collective. So I invite us to pray and praise. I invite, not just invite us, I strongly encourage the employer to come to this place, 8 o'clock, have your dinner over at Changi City Point. I know it's a bit of a distance. We can flood McDonald's. God forgive us all. And then we can all gather here, 7.55, for a time, a catalyst time, I call it, spiritual catalyst, to lay hold of the Lord together. We need to build one another up. I believe in this place today, I'm not the only one who's sick. I need to be strengthened in the Lord. I believe in this place, I'm not the only one that is spiritually weak. I believe there are many of us that need to be strengthened in the Lord. I believe in this place, I'm not the only one that is discouraged with life. I believe there are many of us very soon I'm going to call us to a response collectively. But I want to end with a story of something that happened to me just this week on Thursday night. Now this photo here looks a little bit superimposed, I admit. Because you look at the first girl there, she looks like she just put herself in the photo, right? That's Natalie E. Natalie is at Woodland Center. Her parents are quite well known, Philip and Fijian, who had the Blessed Migrant Workers. And that's me there and whole bunch of people. This was taking a church of our Savior on Thursday night. This was a Love Singapore event called Joshua 21. Joshua 21 is a youth mission movement for youth and young people because we believe that we need to see the next generation sold out for mission because he's coming again soon. This was actually a relaunch this happened 18 years ago. Actually, it started 22 years ago, but 18 years ago, young people gathering at Church of Our Savior. And Covenant AFC had 120 youth that went. And I remember that night because there were young people who came forward and they gave their life not just to Christ but to mission. One of them's from our church, 
is going to be sent off to East Timor at the end of the year. Why I show us this photo is because at the end we had a time of prayer. So those of you who need to be strengthened in your faith, that want to do a mission, you come forward. You know, because of COVID, we thought maybe you know, three, 400 people would show up. Oh, just under 600 showed up. And I can tell you there were at least two, 300 people just came to the front. And every person I prayed for, I asked them, how can I pray for you? And it was always the same answer. There were tears in these people's eyes. Young people. They said, I'm so fed up with life. So discouraged. I feel so weak in my heart. But I need Jesus. And because I know what it's like to feel lonely and discouraged, there are people out there that need to know Jesus too. Wow. Strengthen. Unashamed of their weakness in the Lord. Can you relate with this? Because I can. Because I stood there and I prayed for these young people, I felt the same way. What inspired me the most is this last picture that I like to show us. This lady there that's wearing that nice pattern. Her name is Auntie Kate. She's 83 years of age. 83, can you imagine that? And when we were organizing the J21 relaunch, one of our wonderful brothers in Christ, as a good friend of mine, Simon Lills, his name is Joseph Chen, Pastor Joseph Chen. And he went to research in the last four weeks who is the first Singaporean missionary that had been sent out. Oh, he went to research, oh, he went to interview people, and he found this woman, Auntie Kate, 83. In 1965, she went out to the ward city in Hong Kong, the first Singaporean missionary sent out on the year of independence. How about that? At 83 years of age, this woman, believe it or not, is going to Mongolia, is going to South Korea, and is going to Nepal for mission trips this year. 83 years of age. You'd have to drag her off the stage because she can't stop talking about Jesus. And I look at her, she's so strong. She's so inspiring. She's praying for these young people who are just in awe of this woman. And she's going, I need to be strengthened in the Lord too. I need Jesus. You see, church, we need to build one another up. You see, we as a church, we need strengthening. We need Jesus. We need one another because the world needs to know that Jesus lives because they need encouragement too. And today I want to call forth us here today because I believe I'm not the only one that needs to be strengthened. I'm not the only one who's not well. I'm not the only one that is discouraged with life. I'm not the only one that needs prayer. I believe there are many of us here. This is not about hype. This is not about trying to gather the emotions of people and get us all roused up. No, this is about surrender. What I'm calling us to do in a minute is to bravely stand and to come forward and to say at the altar, Lord, I need you. I need to be strengthened by you. I need healing in my life. I need to be reminded that I am part of the church, that the church needs to be strengthened in the Lord, not in itself, 
that I live in a world that is filled with darkness and evil and sin, yet I must be strong enough in the Lord to stand for righteousness, holiness, for truth. And today, as the worship team comes up, I want to call us to that. I could have five people here, I could have a hundred people here, it doesn't matter. It's not about me. It's not about how I'm feeling about this. It's what God calls you to right now. And so today you say you recognize, yes, Lord, I need that strengthening. Would you stand? Would you come forward here? And we're going to be praying for you this morning. And so, here we are. Are you ready? If you need that right now, there's no judgment. It's just a time. Say, Lord, I need you. I need to be strengthened. I recognize it. I need healing. I need that encouragement right now. Would you stand? Just stand and just walk forward here. And we want to pray for you. Come, you just come here. Right to the front. Come. There could be more of you. It's okay. You acknowledge your weakness. You acknowledge that you need that strengthening. Would you come? Invite others to come as well, to come and pray. If you're not comfortable coming to the front, it's okay, but if you want to, just would you stand? Come to the front. Come. Invite some of the staff, some leaders. Come. Would you pray with some of them as well? Come. Come. We acknowledge God. We acknowledge, Lord, that you are here. We acknowledge, Lord, that we need you, Lord. We acknowledge that your spirit is present with us this morning. We acknowledge that we are weak, but you are strong. We acknowledge that we need encouragement. We acknowledge that we need that strengthening in the Lord this morning. So we come, Lord, because we need to be the church that you call us to. Not strong in ourselves, but to find our strength in you. Be strong enough to encourage our fellow brother, sister, put our arms around them and say, let's walk this journey together. Come as Dave continues to lead us in this time. I encourage us, keep coming to the front. We want to pray. And if there's not enough of us to go around staff and leaders, I encourage you, if you see a friend up here, you come and pray for them. Come, come, David Lee. Come, staff, come pray. Come, let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. So lay down your burden.
spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.